Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you back to this final week of an exciting time in the life of our church where we have been discussing this great beyond God that we serve and we've also been taking steps together to learn more about who he is practically. I'm gonna ask you if you would this week where we're going to talk about how God works in a beyond way through our investment, how to invest in the kingdom of God and maybe it looks a little different than you might think. I wanna welcome those watching online as well as those watching at 12.30 by video. Would you guys put your hands together and celebrate all those that are joining us. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter nine. I wanna tell you up front, it's gonna take me a little bit to get there because I wanna set up this concept and the principle that many times I think eludes many people and I think for some of you, you're gonna learn about it for the first time and some of you are maybe going to make it real in your life in a practical way. I do wanna celebrate these young people over here. Um, how many of you guys are excited? You know, we, we started years ago where we recognized that those coming behind us, it's so important for us to leave a legacy with them, our faith, share our values with them and see them become all that God's called them to be. And so we're a church that's full of people from all different uh, age groups and backgrounds, but we have always loved the next generation. And so we love you, we're so proud of you. In fact, how many of you, young, young people here, how many of you, profess Christ, you, you accepted Christ during this retreat. Raise your hand. Come on. Hey, stand up. We want to celebrate you. Come on, stand up if you accepted Christ. Come on now, stand up. We're proud of you. Awesome. That's what it's all about right there. Young people accepting Jesus Christ, and we want all of you and, and all of the parents, maybe you're new with us, um, we, we wanna see them walk out the values that are included in this Bible. I want you to know, young people, you can, I don't care what culture tells you, I don't care about the lies, I know temptation's gonna come, you can live the principles of God and don't ever let the devil lie to you, don't ever let anybody in culture lie to you, God's way works. God's way works. God's way works. We're so proud of you. Now, we're excited for you, but we're gonna have to deal with some things, parents, because out here on the back, I noticed a whole bunch of bags, and it's filled with toxic material, okay? Because this is what happened. We had a big rainstorm on Friday. This, now, they look beautiful and white, but there's a toxic bag that you're gonna have to deal with. Now, I, I have kids, I have kids in college, one headed to college, I have one that's in this group in middle school here, Lauren Elizabeth, and then I have a little eight, eight year old, so I've been, I've, I'm used to the seasons, you guys need to know this. The season starts, I've met a lot of families that have, have babies, young, young babies, so babies' diapers, the odor level changes, I just wanna warn you, okay? When they eat big people food, you, you don't wanna change the diaper, okay? It just starts getting toxic. And so middle schoolers, the odor of their room, the odor of their clothes changes. Come on, parents and middle school students, okay? So we love you, but you stink, okay? 
you stink. And so um, just get ready. I mean, it's old school. Maybe wash them outside, something, you know, put it in the, just, just throw the clothes away, which I'm scared about because I saw my son's wearing some of my clothes. So I don't know. I'll be burning my own clothes this weekend. But, but anyway, anyway, we, we started a year ago. And if you're a guest, this journey we've been on, we're, we're doing it for you. We're doing it so that we can better facilitate the ability to reach more people and build more lives. That's, that's our vision and mission. It's God's vision. I appreciate so many people along the way saying, Pastor, we're excited about your vision. We're, we're, we're behind you in your vision. Look, it's not my vision. If it were my vision, I'd have quit a long time ago. I believe we are stewarding a vision from God. We're stewarding God's vision. And so my wife and I, a year ago, literally the vision started many, many years ago. But a year ago, we started praying about this practical journey that we're on right now and our elders and our team and our staff and our staff's been praying every single Wednesday. It's been a rich time, us praying uh, together and really believing God together. And so uh, we then launched this a few weeks ago and hundreds of you jumped into small groups and you've been journeying with God and I'm so excited to hear all the reports of that and reading the devotional together and We've been learning about this, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. So sometimes we need to be reminded of how big God is. And I know you need that in your personal life, whether it's in your parenting or your marriage or your business life or whatever you're doing, you have to always remember it's not about you. It's about a big God. So we always have to be reminded of that, but what the disconnect many times is, is that this verse says he's a big God, but he's going to participate with the power that works inside of us. So we've been connecting the dots in this series that it is a great, big, awesome God who's powerful on the inside of us and doing things in our hearts and lives. So we've been on this journey and I'm so proud of you. Um, last weekend, we culminated with a big commitment weekend that's really just making preparation for the future of where God's calling us. And I'm so excited for all of you that participated and came and brought commitments. And I want to give you an announcement coming up, but this weekend, I want to include everyone. Because it's not just about the steps we take, it's about how we take the steps. And my prayer has been that all of us would be a part of what God's doing. And so all week long, online, and people dropping off at the church, you know, we're a larger family now, so it takes a little bit longer for everybody to get involved in what's happening. And so I know many of you brought your commitments this weekend. And this weekend is Miracle Offering Weekend, where we're bringing our first fruits toward that commitment together. And so we're excited about that. And again, because I'm not just uh, looking toward our steps or the practical part of the steps. And I'm not a professional fundraiser. I'm, I'm a pastor who wants to reach people, who wants to build, build people, who wants to develop people. But resources are required to continue to minister to people and take care of people. And so for me, it's never been just about the resources because God could do that any way he wanted. It, it's about the hearts of us. So even for you guests, why are we doing this? We're trying to have bigger hearts so that we can be better able to be small group leaders and pastors and leaders and friends so that our hearts are bigger. That's, that's why we're doing it this way. So I began to pray for you this week on Miracle Offering Week and I realized there's something in my journey with God that has become more clear to me, that it's something that I've really possessed and then I've also learned that for a lot of people today it's a concept that they don't really understand and 
I know when you come to these moments, we're all at different places in our journey. Some of you are newly saved. Some of you are maybe in a place where you don't know the, the, the principles and concepts of the Bible and, and you want them, but you don't know how to access them. And so in this journey, I know a lot of you say, well, I wanted to come and I, I kind of I stepped back because my fear came in. Well, fear's a real thing. There's some of you still trying to process even with your spouse and, and, and you're coming to it and, and I want it to be a celebration for you. I want these moments to be something that there's a celebration where you're tying into the heart of God. And so for you to understand that, I believe one of the things that eludes us is this principle throughout the Bible, the principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. I said very clearly it's a principle because I wanna be very clear, this is not a formula. This is not us putting some kind of thing on God and forcing God or mandating God. It's, it's a principle all the way throughout the Bible. And, and I want to say that for some of you that may have heard about it, you may have only heard about it regarding money. That's, you may, that may be the only way you've heard it. And, and, and that's not a bad thing because with a prayer request along the back wall, one of the leading requests is we have financial challenges. So that's something we wanna know more about, but it's bigger than that. It's much bigger. The principle of sowing and reaping is much bigger. So before I let Paul help me preach from 2 Corinthians 9, by the way, I'm just gonna hide behind the word and, the Paul, and Paul's message to us from 2 Corinthians 9 this weekend. You say, what did the pastor talk about? It wasn't what the pastor talked about, it's what the Holy Spirit through Paul talked about. That's what we're gonna talk about. But I need to give you the bigger overarching understanding of this concept of sowing and reaping. In the book of Genesis 8, it says, as long as the earth endures, seed time, seed time, everybody say seed time, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. One reason that this eludes us is, again, for many of us, we're learning the scripture, learning how God works, but for a lot of us, there's a cultural disconnect because the Bible was written in a primarily agricultural context. Some of you may have grown up around farms and chickens and different things, but for a lot of us, due to the urbanization of our culture, we, we've been dismissed from actually how the earth works. So, so a lot of us, we don't, we don't think about seeds and harvest and planting and plows and, and, and those kind of things, but, but the way God created the earth in the natural and the spiritual here in Genesis says there's a seed time and a harvest. You say, what does that have to do with the main theme of the Bible? A lot. Jesus, the Bible tells us in the book of John, John chapter 12 says, Jesus actually said, unless a seed goes in the ground and dies, it can't come and bring the life. And so Jesus was actually referring to his own life. I wanna encourage you that you don't miss the overarching principle of what I'm talking about this weekend. We were spiritually bankrupt and a God who was complete and totally sufficient in and of himself brought Jesus into our lives and Jesus sowed his life into a bankrupt soil of our hearts. Jesus sowed his life into us. Everything you're reaping today in your life, even outside of you, and even if you don't know Jesus, has to do with the grace that was extended to all humanity because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He sowed his life into us. Then it comes into our everyday life. I wanna be very clear about this. 
This affects how you relate to your children. This affects your work life. This affects all kinds of areas of your life. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in your sowing because if you don't quit, you're gonna reap. Now, now, because it's not a formula now, it's not a formula, we, we don't get transactional with God and go, well, I sowed this, I'm expecting this. No, no, sometimes, and if I could predict it, if it were a formula, as your pastor, I could predict all the ways, but I can't because I'm not God. But I will tell you, you will reap. You will reap in ways that you don't even know. You will reap if you don't grow weary in your reaping. I wanna give you Matthew chapter 13. I am going to 2 Corinthians 9. I'm trying to give you this concept because so many people don't understand the concept. Matthew 13, Jesus has a moment where he talks about seed and soil. And by the way, there's verse after verse, story after story, there's a whole big section on sowing and reaping all over it. And Jesus used it all the time. But in Matthew 13, he talks about seed and he talks about different kinds of soil. Talking about us. And he talks about the soil. There's a sower who's sowing the seed of the word of God, the truth of God outside of our feelings and our fear. He's sowing this seed that's going into different places, but there's sometimes rocky soil. And there's, it's, it actually uses in one translation, some were offended. Did you know offense on your life will cause you not to reap? They got offended. And then it also uses things like thorns and thistles or choking out the seed because they were caught up in the deceitfulness of riches and the cares and the worries of this world. Then his disciples come. Now, by the way, he's talking to a crowd just like I talk to every weekend. There's crowds that are following him. They're going, Jesus, I wanna know about what's going on. So Jesus actually is there. He pulls his boat back, uses water as an amplification. There's crowds going, we don't know but we wanna know. We don't know what's going on, we wanna know. Did you know crowds are always following Jesus? They're wanting to lean in and go, what's Jesus got to say? Because I got problems. Here's the only problem. The crowd can't help the crowd. The crowd can't help the crowd. So Jesus was always talking to the crowd, but he was looking for people to come out of the crowd and become followers of him. Because followers help the crowd. And so Jesus, and that's what we've been doing in this series because we're not just a church who just reaches people, we're a church that builds people. And why do we build people? Because we know there's crowds of people with problems. Crowds of people with hurts and problems, but the crowd can't help the crowd. So Jesus was pulling the followers, the disciples, pulling them in, going, you guys have to understand it now. Of course, there were the religious people. And the reason you don't preach a lot to the religious people is if you really were to really get confronted with them, they don't think you're talking to them. Religion is a deceptive thing where you think, I got all the answers. Now, I have no fruit, but I know a lot. Be careful with that. Be careful with that. The disciples come to Jesus. They go, what's all this seed sowing talk? We don't understand what you're talking about. By the way, Jesus is never offended for you going, I'm struggling with this. I don't know. Why are you doing this, Jesus? Why are you talking about this? Jesus loves that posture. What he hates is, I know, I know. I have no fruit, but I know. But he loves, I don't know. Jesus goes, cool, cool, come on, guys. He pulls him aside and he goes, let me tell you about this seed sower thing. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. He says, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. 
Understands it doesn't mean I have a mental cognitive ability to now understand the expository, exegetical understanding of these little construct sentences. Understand is I possess it by revelation. It is now real in my life. It is affecting how I live. I understand it. And this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Here's the principle of seeds and sowing in the Bible. You start with a seed. The seed of the word of God, the seed of revelation, the seed of love, the seed of the very life of Jesus, the seed of your resources, seed, and then you sow seed, then you have time. <laughs> Anybody impatient in here? <laughs> I'm the one honking at you while you're texting at the stop sign. <laughs> or maybe you're honking at me, but that's a different message. But Come on, Jesus. Microwave society. Bam, I want it. Ah, uh, crock pot. Keep sowing. Keep living it. Time and then harvest. All of my kids and I myself have had this moment where they're studying biology. And the teacher wants them to understand germination and seeds and dirt and they bring home a little mason jar or a styrofoam cup. Anybody experience this? And what happens? They got that little black dirt in there, some water, it's a little wet little piece of soil and down in it they put a seed. And they bring it home and it's always fascinating because they're excited now, man. And, and it's like, Dad, I got this. So you put it up on the windowsill, the sun's shining, and then you'll be doing something. The kid, you'll look over there, over there going, well, when's it gonna happen? Oh, man, and then they'll wake up in the morning. I, I gotta go check the seed. I gotta check the seed. Whoa, what's happening? What's happening? It's always amazing to watch them. When they wake up and, boop, a little sprig comes out of that thing. They're like, oh my gosh, I did something, man. I grew something. Well, not really. You just planted the seed and make sure it had water. God, by his miraculous power, he, boop, made it alive. And I love watching my kid's face go, wow. And so it is in the lives of people who understand what I'm preaching this weekend. If you get this, you're like, boop, wow, wow, I did something. No, you didn't. You just participated with the process. You just participated with a great God who has power to work in you and through you. Second Corinthians nine, I told you I was gonna let Paul preach. Paul is preaching what I'm talking about here and he is talking about resources. He has gone to Macedonia by a supernatural call of the Holy Spirit because he had a base from this church who supported the work in the gospel of God, he was able to go and actually they started this church in Macedonia. He's been there three years and they're continuing to advance the cause of Christ. And, and he is, these are the first churches that are being planted. These are the first groups of people that are seeing middle school people saved. These are the first groups of people that are seeing what we think and take for granted a lot of times. And Paul is writing back to this Corinthian church and he's doing what we're doing right now. He says this, there is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. He's talking about their support. He says, for I know your eagerness to help. And I wanna say that about Milestone Church. 
Every time I come to them, I know your eagerness to help people. The way you greet people, the way you love people, you're one of the most generous churches on the planet. I know your eagerness to help. I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of us. Did you know a generous environment stirs up other people? Other people are going, wow, this thing works. This kingdom thing works. He says, it stirred up uh, uh, most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready. I know many of you are ready this weekend, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not saying anything about you, I relate to Paul, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements. Do you know there are people say, well, why would you as a church commit to three years over and above? Why would you do that? And one of the translations says that you might protect yourself from covetousness. I have people all the time say, pray with me about my, my business. Pray with me about my future. Well, actually, when you pre-plan to make part of it God's, you protect yourself from covetousness that you're saying all of it's mine. Pre-planned here. That's in the Bible. Pre-planned. He says here, then finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Have people say, man, I want to reap bountifully, but I want to hedge here. No? Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So this is not an obligatory thing. This is not a religious thing. God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now here, here's the principle. Now he, God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So, so, so people, a lot of people, again, pray for this, pray for where I'm at. Well, we need to pray about what you're doing with your seed. How you handling that seed, because that's part of the principle. You will be enriched in every way, in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. You can't even count the ways that people are being touched and changed. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God. Others will praise God. It's crazy for a church to commit $15 million for people they've never met. But only if you know the Bible. Others will praise God. Others will praise God. For, I love this, the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. There are some people who say, well, the church should preach the gospel. Well, we preach the gospel every week. I just preached the gospel when I talked about Jesus dying and the seed going into the ground. But this word right here says that you need to have an obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel. There needs to be a living of the gospel accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. 
And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you, thanks be to God. I love how Paul brings it back. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He brings it all back to Jesus. All of this has everything to do with the indescribable gift that we've received from Jesus. So going beyond in your life, going beyond with God requires you embrace the process of sowing and reaping. I, I wanna tell you transparently, stewardship is a journey. And though I started as a 21-year-old pastor, I, I can tell you, not just because of my journey as a pastor, but my journey as a follower, I couldn't preach what I'm preaching to you today. As a young pastor, I always have been so bent toward helping people and reaching people. Even as a young pastor, I wouldn't talk about a lot of this. I was afraid somebody might misinterpret my intentions. Somebody might misinterpret my desires. So for several years, I really didn't even talk about it much. I really didn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to talk about it. I'm, I'm being transparent with you. Now, I, I preached the pain off the wall in the area of marriage and following God in other areas. But, but, but I, I, I didn't know quite, and, and I'll tell you why. See, I grew up in a home where I learned the principle of tithing, that, that God opens the windows of heaven. I learned it from a young age, which is why I love our kids coming and bringing, and I've been teaching my youngest, and she brought her $37 this morning, and we've been talking about seeds and sowing, and you go, why? It's important. The sooner you get the principles of God, the less battle you'll have as you're older. I was a little kid, I just started earning lawn mowing money and I bring my tithe to Jesus. I've never not, I'm not saying that arrogantly, it's just, it's just what you do. So I just bring my tithe and I can tell you, God's never let me down. I've never regretted it. I don't think I'm gonna lay on my deathbed and go, I wish I hadn't have done that. Loved, loved it. But I didn't know about this principle. I'll never forget at a moment, I remember where I was when I was reading in this chapter and reading about this where God really convicted me. He said, Jeff, you want everything for these people, for them to walk with you, but why would you withhold this? Now, I know some of you are looking at me like, that's sad. You were a pastor and you're not, I'm just being honest. And I remember as I began, but more than that, can I share with you personally? I've grown in this area to where I possess it different now. I have it as more of a revelation now. And I would tell you, it, 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 God is so good. He is so good if you'll learn in any area of your life. You're like, I wish I had more friends. What are you sowing to? You're like, I, I wish I could see this in my children. Well, what are you sowing to? I wish I could see this in my spouse. What are you sowing into that ground? Wherever you sow, if you don't grow weary, you'll reap. So let's talk about how it works. How does the kingdom of God's process in sowing and reaping work? First of all, we receive seed from God. We receive seed. Notice in the verse it says, he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Now sometimes God, because he's out of the box, and it's not a formula, he'll have you go all in. There's times and moments, and I'm not dismissing that, but I think sometimes it can be unhealthy to listen to what I'm teaching and think I'm asking you to sow your bread. No, no, we have to live on our bread. But, but, but we're asking about our seed. He said, I give you bread for your food, but I give you your seed for sowing. So he gives us it all though. So when we understand that our bread for food and our seed for sowing all comes from God, then it gives us a greater understanding. It's really where the major battle is won. 
All of the seed comes from God. Until you believe that, you won't participate with God's principles in your life. Second though, we sow seed generously. That's counterintuitive. That's counterintuitive. So, so, so we lay out the strategy for our business, we lay out the plan for our, our, our family, and we, and we believe for more seed and more bread, but we don't ever have in the plan a predetermined amount of seed in the plan. So we guard our seed, and by the way, some people think, well, if I had more seed, I would be more generous. No, no, actually when you get more seed, it's more stuff to take care of. It's more chance for you to think different about the seed the longer you go. It's counterintuitive. Oh, wait a minute, okay, wait a minute. In this, okay, so we, we sow seed. We don't just protect seed, we don't guard seed, we don't stretch seed, we sow seed. Because he gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to sowers along the way. I love hearing the stories of people. I have a story, again, I, this is not karma. This is not some hocus pocus thing. This is the Bible. And I love to hear it in the lives of people. This week, I was on a text thread with Pastor Steve Chestnut. He was texting me. You know, we encourage each other. We have, we have lots of problems in the week. Sicknesses, illnesses, problems, people, situations all the time. So if you're wondering what we do behind the scenes, we're always celebrating when you get it. We're always celebrating, man, man, did you hear about so-and-so? They joined us small, this happened, that happened. So Steve knows I'm coming into the final stages of a building campaign. He's like, Pastor, here's a good one, man. Somebody got it. I was like, praise the Lord, man, send that on over. Keep all them problems over there in pastoral care. <laughs> Come on, I'm just being real, y'all okay with that? He, he sent me this and he, he said, he sent me this. This is literally a, a text, text message from Gary and Martha. Martha and I gave our commitment on, on Sunday, this was last Sunday, with full faith, God will provide. This week we both got our bonus at work and it was twice as much as last year. This was no coincidence or because of something we did well at work. I know it was us obeying God and God showing he will provide so that we can continue to give in his name. I also believe he gave it to us this week to be prepared for this weekend. That's totally God, that's Steve responding back. I sent to Steve, can I use this story at church this weekend? And this is what he sent back. I, I didn't put their last name, didn't wanna embarrass them. No problem, I'm happy to share the news. I think people need to hear real stories from everyday ordinary people. I wanna reach that person that is sitting in the seat and questioning or doubting God's work. I want them to understand. All we did was open our ears to hear God and our hearts to obey him. Now some people say, well wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I don't know man. Like, 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 that's coincidence. Actually that's more karma than the Bible. The Bible says no coincidence at all. God in heaven, and, and they were here last night, Saturday night church, walked out just beaming, just excited. No, no, actually they had faith enough to say, God I wanna participate in what you're doing and you're promising. They now learn something about seed and sowing. Why did they walk out excited? Because we respond with gratitude. See, see, where this gets off is where we get transactional with God and we try to put a formula to it and we try to make it about us. No, everything about Paul's message was, I wanna make sure you're equipped to be a blessing to others. That's what he kept saying over and over, okay? And that produces, see, see, when we think we're working God, that produces entitlement. But when we look over there and go, boop, wow. You know what that produces? Gratitude. That's why we sing a song like, we pour out our praise. I love that song. 
I stand over there and, I, and you wanna know what I'm thinking when I worship? I think about a hole in this roof. I think about God looking out of heaven going, just pour it out. Just pour it out. Not because he's some kind of egotistical God who needs our praise, but because he loves when his sons and daughters say, yeah, yeah, just we pour out our praise because he's the goal. And, and what is it producing you when you learn this principle? Not entitlement or deserving or comparing. Just a genuine authenticity going, God, you are so good. Because let me give you another verse of scripture. The Bible says sometimes we reap where we do not even sow. I don't know if you're worshiping the same God I am, but there's times where you go, I didn't even have a mason jar. And then God goes, here, because I love you. And you're like, y'all should maybe clap right there or you know, say something to y'all. Are we all serving the same God? Oh man, didn't even sow to that. Boom, wow. How can I trust you more? How can I praise you more? See again, most of us didn't grow up on a farm. Some of you did and you understand it. You know why all the celebrations in, in, in biblical times, most of the celebrations and most of the festivals around the country are in the fall? Because it's a harvest celebration. Because farmers work hard and they go out and till and they plant and they put all the seed in the ground but they know but without God. And when they have a great crop, they go, this was outside of me. And that's what happens to all of us is it's outside of us. And that's why I'm celebrating with all of you this weekend as you come and you participate because I know God has a harvest for you. Again, I can't predict where but I do know this, he's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. And here's what it's really all about. This whole journey, I showed you these stories. I'm talking about a harvest of righteousness. I'm talking about obedience that accompanies the confession of the gospel. These, these that stood, they are the reaping. They are the reaping. They are, the, they are the harvest of righteousness. When people come out of the crowd, when they get outside of themselves, this is how Jesus has worked his kingdom from the very beginning. Crowd can't help the crowd. Followers, though, come out of the crowd and say, I'm gonna take another step with you, Jesus. Every time you do that, then those followers have the ability to impact these kind of stories. Here's what I'm praying about. What stories are we gonna tell in the next few months? What, what stories are coming? Maybe it'll be your friend or your neighbor or your middle school student. What stories are coming because a group of people say, we'll go beyond with you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com.